0: Good morning. Are you this morning? Nice. What did you do with the mic? Looks like it fell on his head. You got it like that. I hope it wasn't thrown at someone. It's really good to be with you this morning. My name is Monet. I'm from Mossel Bay. Previously, I was from Cape Town. And um, I've got a wife, Irina, and two children, Jacob and Sarah. It was Jacob's birthday on thursday he's 14 now so you've got something to pray for and i have a daughter sarah who's 12 and uh, they can unfortunately not be here today because jacob and sarah are at kids church this morning and uh, irina and me we watched william Murray's memorial yesterday how many of you watched the memorial yesterday so will Murray was a great gift to us in terms of a preacher a church planter lovely man and uh it was a three-hour three hour memorial with just such incredible testimonies on that man's life and how he strengthened and encouraged people to run their races for Jesus. I was so struck by it. You know, the thing that struck me so much was, you know, he planted three churches in his life, one in Toberview, one on the north coast, and then he led uh, the lighthouse, which was, a, let's call it a mini-mega a mini church. In Furtracka Road in Parra, that's where I met Dolly for the first time. And then he planted another church in Edgemead. You know what? No one talked about that. Everyone talked about how in their life how the, he, he strengthened them and encouraged them in their faith. And we cried so much that my wife went to bed last night at 6 o'clock because she was just emotionally completely exhausted. And that's why Mandy also couldn't make it today because she also f- feels emotionally exhausted. But what I'd like to talk to us this morning about is the title of this morning's preach is, is Better Together Finishing Strong. Better Together Finishing Strong. Because I'm sure if you like me and you've been a Christian for, I've been a Christian now for 30 years, how many of you have been a Christian for 30 years? How many of you have been a Christian for 20 years? Please raise your hands. How many of you have been a Christian for 15 years? 10 years? 5 years? 6 months? any minutes I mean that should cover everyone <laughs> but yeah, for the rest of you there will be an opportunity this morning but if you're like me and you've been in God's church for a while look around you there's faces that should be here that's not and this race that we run it doesn't mean that when Jesus calls you into the race that you're going to finish the race and so Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit. And one of the words for the Holy Spirit is the parakletos. The one that comes alongside us and runs with us to encourage us to finish the race. Because I was at Angus Buchan on Tuesday and he said that many are the afflictions of the righteous. Now when we come to Christ, it's not always easy. Actually it's sometimes in a certain sense more difficult. And God has given us his Holy Spirit so that he can encourage us and, and scream at us. Well, not scream at us because that kind of like sounds negative. But sc- scream for us to encourage us. And I've got a little clip that I'd like us to watch that just so beautifully illustrates this point. Um, so can we watch that little video clip? It's the first one. I hope it's the right one. I think it's... Uh, no problem. It's... All right, that's um, not the right clip, but it doesn't matter. I'll explain the story to you. So in the front is an Ethiopian runner, uh, Abul Mutai. And at the back, there's a Spanish runner. And what happened in this race is that um, the Ethiopian runner was ahead. And uh, he got confused by the signs as they were coming into the, into the um, stadium, to the finish line. And because he got confused, he stopped. But he stopped like 10 meters before the, before the finishing line. And this Spanish runner was coming behind him and he was in second place at that point. And instead of overtaking him and winning the gold, he realized what happened. And he started shouting at this um, Ethiopian and saying to him, No, 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 this isn't the finish line. The finish line is over there. Run your race. Finish it. And so what that Spanish runner is very did for that person is very much what the Holy Spirit does for us is each one of us has got a race that God calls us to to, to run. And sometimes we get confused by the signs or sometimes we get tired or sometimes we get entrapped by sin or sometimes we lose faith and we can get stuck and we can stop before we reach the finishing line. But the Holy Spirit is like that Spanish runner. He's the one that runs behind us. Ooh, what happened there? Don't worry, the kids are all right. It's just the sign. And He's the one that runs behind us, encouraging us. To finish our race and so i want to look at the scripture it's in 1 john 18 it's from verse 7 to verse uh, 11 that we just want to talk about the three ways in which the holy spirit encourages us to run our race and finish it but more than that i want to talk about three ways that we can work with the holy spirit to encourage each other working alongside the holy spirit how we can finish our race together does that make sense So it's not just how the Holy Spirit encourages us, but it's how the Holy Spirit likes to use us with Him to encourage His other so that we can finish our race. Okay? Now the last clip, we'll play the last clip later. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me uh, to John 16, verse 7. And it says there, Nevertheless, I tell you, and this is Jesus speaking the truth, it is to your advantage or it is to your good That I go away. For if I go away, if I do not go away, the helper, the paracletos, the one that comes alongside, the one that screams at us, that helps us to finish our race, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And so the first point there is is that it's good that Jesus went away. And that kind of like, it doesn't make sense, right? I mean, think of being one of the 12 disciples. And now you've been with Jesus for three years, You've seen all the miracles. You've seen him change like two loaves and fishes and he feeds thousands so much so that there's 12 baskets left afterwards. You've seen him like, uh, like chase out, exercise demons out of people. You've seen the kingdom of heaven come. You've seen him walk on water. You've seen all these things. And then Jesus says to you, you know what, guys, it's better that I go away. It's good that I go away. My question is, how is it good that Jesus went away? And it's interesting that word there is not the normal word that you would expect for good in the Greek. Because that word is agathos. But the word there is is sunfero, And that means to together carry. So when Jesus went away, what happened? The Holy Spirit came. When you got saved or you gave your heart to Jesus and you put your trust in him for your sins to be removed and for him to start walking with you, What happened to you? You received the Holy Spirit. How many of you here this morning has received the Holy Spirit? Well, all of you have. And so it is good for us, it is good for the church, that we realize that each one of us carries the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And as each one does his bit for one another, so we can all finish the race together. Because Jesus doesn't want one of us to not finish the race. And so if you're sitting here this morning, you're not superfluous. You're not an add-on. It's not accidentally that God has added you here. God has given you his Holy Spirit so that you can contribute in any way possible, whether it is through your time, whether it is through your talents, whether it is through your finance, whether it is through the gifting of the Holy Spirit that has been placed in you, a word of wisdom, a word of prophecy, a tongue, an interpretation, gifts of miracles, gifts of healing. God has given all these things to us. Say with me, God has given these things to me. Okay, wait, wait, wait. We're going to try that again. God has given... Oh, no, there's not. Everyone's talking. We're going to be here for a long time. God... Oh, wait, wait, wait. God has given these gifts to me for you. Now, look around. It's for each other. Because Jesus' desire is that we will not lose one. Not even one of the ones that He's added. Because God is the one that adds the lonely into family. This isn't something that Darby decided, or Banner decided, or you decided, or Mandy decided when she decided to come and marry Dirk, and now we needed to plant a church here because it's not something that we decided. This is something that God decided. And when we realize that I have this incredible power inside of me, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, think about that. I mean, this isn't a vaccination. This isn't, you know, isn't, you'll we'll start hearing about it now. A nucleoside analog that they'll start using against covid This isn't a... <laughs> it's a Lusa 45. <laughs> now the, the, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that resides in your heart. It's the same power that God desires to use in and through you for those that are sitting with you so that we can all finish this race together. And that is what sunforo means. It's good. Jesus says it's good. Because now we can do what he did. And even greater things. Doesn't the Bible say that we'll do even greater things? So Jesus raised the dead. Jesus healed the sick. Jesus healed the paralytic. That's right. Jesus fed the people. Jesus brought people to salvation. Jesus baptized and those are the things that he's calling us to do so that his kingdom can be forever extending because God longs to add more people to this family. And so it's good that Jesus went away because we received the Holy Spirit, the encourager in our hearts. So what are the three things that when he comes, the Holy Spirit will prove or convict or convince the world That we are in the wrong about sin, about righteousness, and about judgment. And those are the three things that the Holy Spirit encourages us in. He encourages us in sin. Well, not to sin. He encourages us in our sin. He encourages us about righteousness, and He encourages us about righteousness. He encourages us about sin because we do not believe. And often sin is an issue of trust. It's an issue of who will I trust? Will I trust myself? Will I trust my strength? Will I trust my own understanding, or will I trust God's plan and God's understanding and God's leading in my life, in my business, in my family, in the problems that I face? And when I speak about trust and faith, I always think about Peter. You know, you know that story about Peter. He's in the boat with the disciples, and Jesus has just fed the five thousand. He says to his disciples, go, get in the boat, go so long. Jesus dismisses the crowd. He goes up onto the mountain and prays, and they start rowing. And as soon as they start rowing, a wind comes up. It's a headwind, and they're rowing against the wind. How many of you have been on the sea? How many of you like fishing? I don't know. I, don't, uh, no, I also don't like fishing. I'm with you because as soon as I get on that boat, I get a little bit nauseous. So I don't like boats. I like surfboards, but I don't like boats. I think I like surfboards because the shore's close. I can get out quickly. So the disciples are rowing. And it says in the fourth watch, they see this ghost walking on the water. So being on the water is bad enough. But now being, being on the water with a headwind Rowing for, to the fourth watch. That's between three and six in the morning. So these disciples have been rowing for nine hours in the middle of the night with a headwind. This was volgend, this morning when I drove here, the easterly was blowing at 20 knots. That's 40 kilometers per year, 40 kilometers an hour. What does the sea look like when you have a strong wind like that? Yeah, alles so they're going against this headwind. They've been paddling, paddling, for nine hours. They're cold, they're wet, and they're afraid. And now over the water, they see this. They see this. They call it an apparition, a ghost. Now, if I was one of them, that thing coming along the water is not there for my good. They probably like. That's the spirit, and he's coming to take us, not to the nice place. And so at that moment, I'd probably be under the seat, hiding away from this ghost coming across the water. And so Jesus comes walking across the water. They think it's a ghost. And he calls out to them, says, hey, don't be afraid. Be of good cheer. And Peter replies, now this is amazing. If it is you, Lord, not He hasn't recognized Jesus at this point. He goes, if it's you. There's a lot of faith there, eh? I'm about to die. I'm tired. I'm wet. I'm about to give up. But Lord, if it's you, call me and I'll come. So he gets on the water. He starts walking. And he actually floats. And then what happens? He takes his eyes off Jesus and he starts looking at the storm, the wind, the rain, the waves. And what happens? Fear enters his heart. So maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're looking at COVID, and you're looking at vaccinations, and you're looking at the riots in Kozulu Natal. You're looking at the rain that's not falling. You're looking at the problems in your family. You're looking at the problems in your marriage. You're looking at the problems in your finances. You're looking at the economy. You're hearing things about the recession. And you're busy sinking like Peter's sinking. And the Holy Spirit says to us this morning is, Take your eyes off the problem and put your eyes back on Jesus. And as as Peter cries out, the Bible says, Jesus reaches out and immediately he's safe. And so that's the thing that the Holy Spirit does for us. It's because sin enters into us when we lose our faith that Jesus is able to do what he says that he is. To present you holy and righteous before the Father. To walk with you through this life, through every trial tribulation that you might be facing. And so, how do we remember? Because we're not talking about what the Holy Spirit does today. We're talking today about how do we collaborate with the Holy Spirit to encourage one another in our faith and in our trust with Jesus. So, I want to tell you a story quickly. Is that right? So, a couple of where do I start the story? All right. So, a couple of years back, quite a long time back. I was a pharmacist. I had a lack of job, a nice job. I was manager of Durbanville Medical Clinic's pharmacy. Um, I'd been in Joshin for a couple of years, about 10 years. We, we were on eldership at that time, but we were, we were part-timers. We were doing double-time. But I loved my job. It provided well for us, and I had enough time to work in the, in the church, and it was great. And that January, God came to me in, a, in one of my quiet times, and he said to me, Monet. At the the middle of this year, I'm going to call you to go full-time. And I was like, all right, maybe it's God, maybe it's not. You know, sometimes God speaks to you and you're not always sure. But I kind of like put it in my heart and I didn't go write a letter to Andrew and say, Andrew, God says that you must bring me full-time. No, I just kind of like put it in my heart and, you know, if it's God, it'll come. If it's not God, well, then I'm happy where I am. So around about August, Andrew came to us and he said to us, Monet, we want you to come full-time. The church has grown. We need more workers in the field. We need more pastors to come and work with us. Will you come? And I said to him, yes, yes, a lot, bro. God's in the middle of the year. That's a joke. I didn't say that. But what he did say to us is, is that, you know what? We need you to come full-time, but we can't really pay you <laughs> a full salary. So I was like, okay, we'll come. So they paid us whatever they paid us, but it, it wasn't much. It was quite a sacrifice. Um, and I remember the, the Sunday we came full-time. I was in church, and this obviously puts like a little bit of stress on us now. I was in church, and Davi's mum, Tani Aniki Brandt, came up to us. And after the service, she prayed for us. She prayed, and she said, I see this picture of a horse. One of those horses that you get in the United Kingdom, you know, those thick legs, those worker horses, and they sometimes have this bag around their head. It's called a feeding bag. Because those horses, they're working the whole day. They're pulling wagons and they're taking loads around. And uh, they don't have time to go off into the field to eat grass. No, they've got grain in their bag. So while they're working, they can just dip their head in and have a chow and carry on. and They're all right to carry on working. She said, I see this picture for you and I believe God saying to you, That in your ministry life, God's tied a feeding bag around your family's head, and you will never lack in the ministry. As long as you're working for God, you will never lack. So I was like, oh, great, thank you. Thanks for that encouraging word. But it's just words, you know. I believed it. So a couple of years later, we've got this friend. This is a long story, eh? We've got this friend. She's a CA. And when you finish studying, you work for your articles. You work for a year as an intern, as cheap labor. So, so (laughs) It's like when you do your Zuma year. It's cheap labor. And so generally you get paid about a third of what you should get paid. And so after articles, and she'd done her exams, and she passed, she then got instated fully into the job, and there was a difference about about two-thirds or half more than what she got before the time and she came to us and she said to us you know god's told me that that difference that increase i must give to you guys for a couple of months i can't remember the exact details it was maybe three months or so so we said to her are you sure are you sure this is god she says, no she, she's sure she feels she's got faith in her heart so i said all right here's our bank account so we gave our details and she paid that money in for a couple of months now, we had no needs at that time. We were living with Ernie and Tony Gwen. But we didn't have children. We had a car. We were happy, you know. So being a good student, we saved that money. And guess what happens? The last month, she pays in. I had a Land Rover that God blessed me with. But God didn't bless me in the way that I thought. God was working on my character with the Land Rover. I had on my phone list, if I put in Land Rover, I had like a list of 40 mechanics throughout the country that I could go to. And so, (laughs) I see some of you have Land Rovers. I see some of you have Toyotas. Those are the ones that are laughing. And then some of those, you that are crying, those are the ones, I feel your pain, brother. (laughs) And so what happens is, is That's all right, I can say that, eh? gearbox and the Land Rover goes just like that <laughs> and so I take it into Landywald and they fix the gearbox they put in a second hand one and the amount that it cost to, to redo that gearbox was just about the same amount that what we had received from that lady who God had spoken to how many of you this morning feel encouraged by my story You feel encouraged, right? Because this is a real story. You know, when you see a good movie, I always wait till the end. Because what makes a good story on a movie even a better story, if it says, based on true events, at the end of the movie. You guys do that. Same as me, hey? So how can we help one another to get across the finishing line? Because sometimes when the gearboxes of our businesses, lives, marriages, children break focus on the wind and the storm and we lose hope but what we can do for one another is is we can tell the true life stories of what Jesus has done in our lives to one another because sometimes when I'm up you down and when you down I'm up it's not working eh let me try that again I can't always be up or when I'm down, you're up. And when you're up, she's down. And when we tell the stories of what Jesus has done for us, what we do is, is we spread the faith among, amongst the community of believers. And that's not a difficult thing to do, is it? You see, but we quickly forget. We quickly forget the good things that God does for us. And so as a community of faith... God is calling us to encourage one another with the testimonies of what he does in our lives. Can we do that together? I'm not convinced that you're convinced. Let's be a people that sing the praises And it's so easy. And it's, and, pra- and praising God is not singing songs. Praising God is singing songs also. But it's not just singing songs. It's using those events that, is, that have happened in our lives and telling one another and lifting up the community of faith so that our faith is built, so that we can finish the race that God has called us. Because sometimes our faith is weak. Sometimes our trust is weak in God. And we can help one another. The second point is, is God convicts us about sin, because we do not believe. He convicts us about righteousness, because I go to the Father. Now, what has that got to do with righteousness? When righteousness is being in right standing with God, right? So Jesus came and he gave his life, he spilled his blood, so that we can come into a relationship with the Father. And that is righteousness. His righteousness is living... In a relationship with the Father, wrongsciousness. I made that word up. But yes, yes, here it is. Jesus's blood. I'm in a relationship with the Father. Now I make a mistake. Now I'm wrongtious Maybe I did something. Maybe I said something. Maybe I looked at something. Maybe my hands did stuff I shouldn't have done. So I go from being righteous to being wrong. And the reason why Jesus links righteousness with I go to be with the Father, because that's the point of righteousness. You see, what happens when we sin? I don't know about you, but when I sin, I don't run to my Father, I don't run to the church. I don't run to my friends. I run and I hide. Especially with those sins that are deeply seated in us. You you get, sometimes you make a mistake, and that's all right, and you fix it. But sometimes there's things that we do, and we do, and we do, and we do, and they're like, they're those habits. And those are the things that, yeah, it's difficult. I mean, I don't even want to speak to God about it. So you get two things here. You get repentance, which is between me and God. But then you also get James' confession, which is between me and God, but also between me and you. If we live in the light as he is in the light, then we have true fellowship with one another, and the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, continually cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You know what that means? It means that sometimes we have got things in our lives that we really, really struggle with. Maybe you struggle with gossip. That's speaking, that's passing on bad news about people to other people. Maybe you struggle with slander. That's passing on bad news that puts another person in a bad light and maybe you're the origin of the bad news. Maybe we struggle with pornography. Pornography. Maybe we struggle with being honest. Maybe we struggle with going places we shouldn't go. Maybe you know, there's so many things that we could struggle with, but sometimes these things are so deeply rooted. And to live in true fellowship with God means that I sometimes I need your help to help me, to pray for me, so that I can the the burden of the sin that I carry that's entangled me I can't break by myself. So and, and so the Holy Spirit will convict us of those things. He will convince us. And the way that we can help one another is that if we can become a people where well, we can share our deepest weaknesses with one another, and I don't have to worry that next week the other side of town will we'll know about it. Why do we share those things with each other? Well, we share them with reliable people, confessions one to another, so that you may be healed of it, James says. It's not just forgiveness, but it's also a healing that takes place. And so we need to trust one another so that we can bring these things to each other, so that we can pray for one another, so that we can break free from the entanglement of those deep things. And that's part of what the Holy Spirit does. And that's part of what we can do for one another. So we don't just share the good stories, but we also share the failings and the things that keep us entangled with one another. Because sin gives birth to sin gives birth to death. Can you finish your race with one leg? Maybe. I mean, you can drag yourself along. But if sin grows, maybe you lose your arm and your other leg. So God wants to heal us. Is that good? I know that point's a little bit more serious. But find someone. Someone that you can trust. And and start, because this is the process. And you know, God's not going to let you go. You're not going to go past those points. God is true and faithful to you to present you pure and spotless before the Father so that's the second thing that the Holy Spirit convicts us of and then the third thing is, is he, about judgment because the prince of this world stands judged how many judgments are there? this is a question as Christians as, as the world how many judgments will there be one day from, from a God perspective in the back there we've got a two who says two? We've got two people that says two. That's very symmetrical. Who says one? There's three other people. Who's not going to answer no matter what I ask? (laughs) Thank you. At least we've got some honest people in the crowd. So the Bible speaks about two judgments. It speaks about the great white throne judgment in Revelation 20. And that judgment is reserved for everyone that did not accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior whose name is not found in the Lamb's book of life. And so, in this world, the Holy Spirit convicts us that we're sinful, that we need to trust in God, that we need to get rid of our sin, and that there's a judgment coming. And that the consequence of that judgment is hell and the great lake of fire. And if we don't accept that in this life, well, that's where we'll go. But if we accept God's great love shown to us in Jesus Christ then we don't face that judgment. So if you're a Christian and you've given your heart to Jesus and you believe in him and you follow him and you follow the Holy Spirit, then we won't face the great white throne judgment. So one day when you die and you see a great white throne, run. At least try to get away. But you probably won't be able to. Then there's another judgment that the Bible speaks about. It is the Bema throne judgment of God. And that judgment is for us as Christians that have accepted Jesus into our lives. And what will we be judged for at that judgment? We'll be judged for our works. We will be judged for the works that we have done in this life in the flesh. Right? So we are not saved by good works, Ephesians 2, but we are saved for good works which God has laid out us before the foundation of the world was laid. So coming into, into this body God has got good works for us to do. So that's what the Holy Spirit does is he convicts us about a judgment that's coming. And if we do nothing for Jesus in this life Paul says it'll be as if we are saved by fire. Or if we do it for the wrong motives. Can we have that last little clip on the board? And then we finished. That's okay. Don't worry. We're all still here. It's not that one. Which one is it? I think you've got to go up. Help. Call a friend, you yeah. oh, There we go. Thank you. So I know that's really bad imagery. You know who that was? It's Skudmaker. When she won, she in the Olympics she broke the world record, and uh, I get tears in my eyes every time. How many of you saw it on TV or on, on the news? And it's so striking to me: that our, the crowd is like cheering her on. To To win the race. And the Bible says that in Hebrews that there's a great cloud of witnesses that is cheering us on to win our race. Those are the people that are dead, that have passed on to be with Jesus already. The Bible says that they're watching and that they're cheering us on. And that we, the crowd that's here, we're part of that crowd, but we're not sitting on that pavilion. We're sitting on a different pavilion the way that we can encourage one another is to to cheer each other on so that each and every one of us can win the race that God has called us to. And so how can we encourage one another to finish the race? It's by sharing testimonies of what God does in our life. By confessing our sins one to another and being healed of them. And by cheering each other on so that all of us one day can get across that line And I want to hear those words. Come in, my good and my faithful servant. Come in to that which I have prepared for you to do. And that's the message of encouragement this morning. And that's what God calls us to, to do for one another. And so if you're part of this body and you commit to do that for each other so that we can all finish this race, I want you to stand with me so that I can pray for you. So if you part of this body, right, I think that's clear enough.